0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from Gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q.
1: And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And John, we do appreciate you as always. And I got to start right there with you in Houston. What is going on with the Texans? They got rid of Lovey Smith. I know that that was something that had been rumored. That's a year after getting rid of David Culley. And, oh, by the way, now they have the second overall pick because the Texans won this game this past weekend. Uh, What are your thoughts on what's going on right now with Houston?
2: Well, I've been saying for two weeks Lovey Smith would be fired. They took a huge step back in his one season. He was kind of a compromised candidate after they were trying to hire the inexperienced Josh McCown, Lovey was on his staff, associate, co- associate coach and defensive coordinator. And everybody expected them to approve a little over four victories. I picked them to finish six and 11. And instead, they were worse, especially on offense. Their offense was terrible. So he got fired. That's, they've done back to back one and done coaches. And, uh, they better get it right. Nick Serial, the GM, better get it right. Because if he doesn't get this one right, then he'll be gone.
1: Is there anyone that you think should be on the short list for coaches or candidates that you have in mind?
2: Well, there's there's two guys I would like to see. I'm guessing because David Culley was 66 and Lovey's 63. They're going to go younger. And Shane Strike, and the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, mm. who has the most balanced offense in the NFL, has done a tremendous job with Jalen Hurts, and he also was coordinator with the Chargers. Everybody's going to interview him. ...the Texans, the fan favorite, and one I'd like to see for selfish reasons, is D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, got the best defense in the NFL. They've won 10 games in a row. And uh, he was here for six years, one of the best, most popular players in franchise history. But he has only been a coordinator for two years. So if he gets the job, he needs to make sure to get a former head coach Uh, For maybe as a defensive coordinator, maybe as an offensive coordinator, or somebody that's an associate head coach, but he's got to have some experienced people that he can rely on in in certain situations. So those are the two. Now they're going to interview many more. They've already put out a partial list, but I would love to see one of those two get it.
1: John, I got to ask you about the draft pick. Now they're picking number two overall instead of number one overall. How much does that impact what they're going to do? Uh, does that stop them from getting their franchise quarterback?
2: It depends on who they like. You, everybody here, the fans want Bryce Young. If you watched his last game, he was great. But if mm-hmm. you watched C.J. Stroud's last game against Georgia, yep. they almost beat Georgia and he was fantastic. I think when all said and done, and we've got another three and a half months to go in the evaluation (laughs) process, I bet Stroud is number one, and Young is number two, and one of the things, the only thing that's going to hurt Bryce Young is the thing he can't control is size, and it's not about being short, it's about being very thin, and having a frame that people worry about, not that it's going to cause him to get hurt, but the wear and tear of a 17-game season, so I think it'll be one of those two quarterbacks, or maybe the Bears say, hey, you know, we were dumb enough to get rid of Roquan Smith, who was great, so we better take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Mm -hmm. Jr., the two best non quarterbacks, and put them in our defensive line and not risk trading down. If they want one of those two guys, they can't go down beyond Indianapolis at number four, assuming the two quarterbacks. Are and and those two guys are clearly the four best prospects, and they'd be guaranteed of getting one of those linemen if they did that.
1: I'll tell you what, I wish one of those two defensive studs would drop the number seven. <laughs> I'll let that be known well, right you know now. No,
2: that's not going <laughs> no to happen. No way. Trade up and get one of them. It's going to be a really good draft, and uh, and and sometimes teams do trade up, and uh, and maybe that'll happen because those guys are the creme de la creme yep. of all the defensive prospects.
1: And that's a fact. John McClain is our guest from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you.
3: Yeah, when it comes to the Texans, everyone's already looking at who could be the quarterback of the future, but it takes more than that to build a team. So what do they have in place right now on that roster that can also be some building blocks?
2: That's a great question, DeMond, and they have a lot of talented young players. When Nick Casario took over, he didn't have a one or two, and he had a terrible cap problem. He couldn't go out and spend money on big free agents because why would they? He was told to have a massive rebuild, so he tore it down. So he also didn't have a number one pick the year before when he didn't come here. And so they had no money to spend, and they had not had two number one picks in a row or two. This year with cornerback Derek Stingley and safety Jalen Petrie, Stingley missed the last six games injured, but uh, he showed a lot of promise. Petrie was terrific. They got good young players, especially on defense. They have 11 draft choices, two number ones, and the next year they'll have 10, including two number ones, and they got cap money to spend. So it's a pretty good situation for a new coach to step
3: into. Always good to have some money laying around. Now, John, <laughs> like in. you, you got all the money. I wish. I'm always begging you for an extra dollar. <laughs> Moving around, you're the league. in the wrong. You're begging in the wrong place. You should know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Sunday night football game, the Dan Campbell fighting Lions. They they ruined Aaron Rodgers' season. You know, stopping him from getting into the playoffs. Do you think that twelve is going to be done in Green Bay after not being able to make it to the playoffs?
2: No, because he makes too much money for somebody else to trade for him. He's going to make, I think, close to sixty million. I think he needs to show up for the offseason program and work with all those young receivers. It took him about a half, half a season to get on the same page because he wasn't there in the previous offseason. Doesn't have to be. It's not mandatory. But I think he should be. Show people he's all in on the 2023 season.
1: Where do you think Sean Payton is coaching in 2023?
2: Peyton wants total control of everything, and it's not just personnel. He wants to be the boss on everything like he was in New England. Now, Arizona could offer him two jobs and let him bring his own personnel people in there. The problem with Denver, if he thinks Russell Wilson can still play a few years and he can turn him around, that'd be a good place to go, but they don't have their two ones and twos, and they they have uh, Miami's, uh, one from they got from Miami for... Bradley Chubb but that other than the money and I don't think the money is going to be an issue because I think any owner is going to pay him whatever he wants. If Mike McCarthy loses to Tampa I think he's out even though he's won 12 games back to back for the first time since uh, the Cowboys in the early 90s when they actually went to Super Bowl. You could say Cowboys and Super Bowl in the same sentence 26 years ago. <laughs> and I think McCarthy would be out. Jerry Jones likes Sean Payton. But Payton knows Jerry is the last word. Now, maybe Jerry Jones at 80 would say, hey, you know what? I'm the president, I'm the owner, but I'm going to let Sean be the general manager, or I'm going to put it in writing, Sean has final sale of personnel. People in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex would go crazy.
1: Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would, because that's something that none none of us, and I say us because I was there in that area, uh, never thought we'd hear something like that from Jerry Jones. But for Sean Sean Payton, he might he might just do it like you mentioned. Again, John McClain is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. How about Sean McVay? Yeah, he's been telling his, his staff that they can you know look elsewhere and he's not going to block them, but he hasn't made a decision on his, his coaching career. Do you think he comes back next year?
2: If he's telling his staff that they can look elsewhere, that tells me he's not coming back. Now, I would hate to think the Rams are going to go through with him what the Packers had to go through with Brett Favre the last few years of his career. He would go, well, I'm going to retire, then he changes mind two months later. And so, if McVay is burned out, he'll go to one of the TV's or I think YouTube that's paying the NFL billions should go after young people like McVay and JJ Watt, who's just 33, be 34 mm-hmm. in uh, March, because some of those pregame shows they got guys on there almost as old as I am, and sometime when you're trying to appeal to younger people, you need to get somebody they're more relatable to, and then McVay he'll want to come back and coach again. And when he does, the Rams would be owed compensation. I'll tell you something. I've been seeing that the Saints want a number one pick for Peyton. My goodness, that'd be highway robbery. Al Davis got from the Buccaneers for John Gruden, two ones, two twos, and $8 million. Mm-hmm. And if the Saints let Sean Peyton go for one number one, they are crazy. Okay,
3: <laughs> not wrong. I, I, oh, I, I didn't know the all, all the particulars oh, yeah. of the uh, John Gruden deal. There, yeah. got to brush up on my Raider history, John. When it comes to coaching, who do you think is going to be the coach of the year in the NFL? Because a lot of good candidates like Dan Campbell and Mike McDaniel, their teams petered out towards the end of the season, but they were maybe the front runners at the beginning.
2: I tell you what, I turned in a column for galleriesports.com dot com last week, Damon, and I and I took a chance that Doug Peterson was going to win. Nobody saw the Jaguars having a winning record, much Mm -hmm. less winning a division. It's a six-game improvement. I think Kyle Shanahan has done a tremendous job with his quarterbacks. Now, he's got everything else around him, and he's done a tremendous job with the quarterbacks. You mentioned Dan Campbell. Fantastic job by Dan Campbell. Last year, who had the first two picks? Well, Jacksonville and Detroit. But they're perennially bad. When you are perennially bad and you continually pick high, you're not going to turn it around until you get the right coach. And that's why it's so important for dog teams like the Texans to finally get the right coach. And and I think it makes the NFL better when you see Detroit be good, Jacksonville. Nobody cares about the Jaguars up other than north north uh, eastern Florida. But still, it's a great story, so I'm going with Doug Peterson.
1: John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, We'll bring it back home. Uh, Derek Carr, obviously uh, there's a a lot of questions up in the air around him. Uh, How much interest do you think that there'll be from other teams uh, around the league in Derek Carr, and will they trade for him, or will they just wait for him to be released?
2: You've got to be nuts. If you need a veteran quarterback and you're not interested in Carr, Carr had a great season. Uh, in last season, not this season, with Josh McDaniels, but I would think a team like Tennessee. Tennessee's not going to start over with Derek Henry coming off one of the best seasons of his career, even though he still turned 29. They need a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. Now I'm going to guess you'd be there. Nobody's going to trade for Carr with that contract. Mm. He'd have to redo it. But I'm going to guess Jimmy G. Timing was great. He played well. But I think both of those guys, the Jets are another one. The Jets drafted Zach Wilson. Second overall, nobody had him rated there. Man, they drafted Sam Darnold. Third overall, that had worked. Mike White's not the answer. I think they need a veteran quarterback for that young team that's great on defense, good running game, and Carr or Garoppolo would look really
3: good there, too. Let's circle back to the Titans real quick. They fired their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. What do you think about Bill O'Brien coming in and linking up with his former assistant, Mike Vrabel, and being the O.C.?
2: Wouldn't that be something that uh, Mike Vrabel used to get coffee for O'Brien? I don't see Bill O'Brien getting coffee for anybody. I think it's more likely, DeMond, that he ends up in New England where they did not have a Good coordinator, quarterback coach this year. Mac Jones regressed. I think Bill O'Brien would do a really good job there. But he did give Brable his NFL chance, and maybe Brable is loyal to him. But usually you don't see guys who used to work for somebody else taking a job with that person.
1: What do you think about Cliff Kingsbury? You see him being an OC somewhere next year?
2: If I have said here, that the Texans are going to be in position to take Bryce Young, and this was last week before they beat Indianapolis, they better get a coordinator, unless they are a head coach like this, who has coached uh, smaller, mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks who could make plays anywhere on the field. Cliff Kingsbury coached Case Keenum and Johnny Manziel in college. Mm -hmm. Both played great. Then he goes to the... To the uh, Texas tag, he's got. Even though Patrick Mahomes is not small, we know what style he plays. Right.
0: Yep. He
2: had Baker Mayfield. Baker struggles to be six foot, and uh, and then he goes out there and he has Kyler Murray. And so, I think Kingsbury would be an outstanding coordinator. And he's a former head coach, and he's a great guy. Anybody saw Hard Knocks during the season saw what kind of person he is. I think he'd be a tremendous addition as an offensive coordinator.
1: John McClain, Gallery Sports Radio 610. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for, John?
2: I have uh, SportsRadio610.com be posted in the morning where I analyze the Texans firing their what about losing at the number one pick, what they could do. And then I'm going to do a column on Gallerysports.com tomorrow afternoon about Nick Serio and the situation he's in with the Texans where he's got to win or be
1: gone. Wow, and that's, that's a nice tease right there. We're going to have to check that out. John, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you.
2: You and DeMond, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it
1: as always. Absolutely. There he goes. The great John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610, and on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. 315 is the time when we come back. I'm throwing the question out there to you now. Before you can go into free agency in the draft, you got to look at your team and decide who to bring back or not. The Raiders have 26 unrestricted free agents as of right now that they've got to decide through. We'll go over the list of them. You give us your response. We'll do it next here on Red Nation Radio 920 from your team early particularly as you start on defense right now aggression that's it
0: that's what we want to do we're we're gonna hunt tonight we're gonna do the best
4: we can to hunt tonight the dogs have done it and won a second consecutive national title and you can't be any more impressive than the way
1: they did it tonight 65 to 7
4: now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q
1: yeah kirby smart was hunting He was talking about hunting. They were doing a lot of hunting Monday night against TCU. We'll have Paloma Villacana on tomorrow for Fox 5 Sports. Proud TCU alum. I'm sure she i saw a tweet from her saying okay i'm turning this thing off and at that point it was like late in the fourth quarter i thought just now <laughs> you just now decided that this Fingers thing is still crossed <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rough showing for the horn frogs so we'll talk to Paloma coming up tomorrow probably about 330 here on Red Nation Radio 920 the question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187 keyword R&R. of course you can respond on the phone line as well 7023659200 before you can go into free agency in the draft, you have to look at your team and decide who to bring back and who not to bring back. The Raiders have 26 unrestricted free agents as of right now. The list is Cleve Ferrell, Anthony Averett, Brandon Parker, Denzel Perryman, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Tillery, Mac Hollins, Rock Asin, Jakob Johnson, Keelan Cole, Jeron Harmon, Jermaine Illuminor, Jayon Brown, Page 2, Andrew Billings, Amir Abdullah, Isaac Rochelle, Jordan Jenkins, Micah Kaiser, Tashawn Bauer, Matthias Farley, Sidney Jones, Roderick Teemer, Jesper Horsted, Curtis Bolton, Jarrett Stidham, and Foster Morrow. I had a short list of five that I thought were priorities to bring back Josh Jacobs, Jarrett Stidham, Jakob Johnson, Jeron Harmon, and Matt Collins. That was my five just like that. But we're throwing that out there to you. Who do you think? 702-365-9200. And of course, our broke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. We got a text from Mark in New Jersey. It says, Jacob Stiddy, Hollins, Perriman, Harmon, Morrow. So that's three, six of them right there. Okay, that's a pretty good list. I saw earlier, before we got Jam- uh, uh, John McClain on, and I wanted to Go ahead and read this uh, text, but I hadn't. I didn't have time to. Uh, Jacobs and Stedham for sure. Parker because he didn't play his way off the team like the other unrestricted free agents. Mac doesn't take the game serious enough for me, and I thought that that was a valid point because at times you kind of think that even though he ha- he's a he's a good personality, he's a guy that kind of keeps everything loose in the locker room. There was times where he was kind of frustrating, and you could see that he didn't really know where he was supposed to be on the field. There was times that he just wasn't in line with what he was supposed to do. Even on that big walk-off run that Josh Jacobs had in Seattle, he said that he just had to tell Mac, just line up. I know you don't know where to go. Just line up. Just get lined up so we can snap the ball. And so on that play that Jacobs took it to the house, Matt Collins had no idea where he was supposed to be. So I can understand why some would say that. I think that the value he brings as a special teams guy, as a guy that they do respect in the locker room a lot, you can clearly see that, and a guy that has developed. I mean, he basically was forced into being the number two wide receiver when he's not a number two wide receiver. So that, for me, I think uh, gives him a little bit more value. But he does... He does just have to maybe a year more in the system. He can actually figure out exactly what he's supposed to be doing. But it's on him to get into the playbook and understand it and learn where he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't. I can't teach him. Devonte Adams can't teach him the the route tree. He's got to learn. He's got to learn the plays on his own.
3: Yeah, I get that. But the don't take doesn't take the game serious enough. I know that that's just one person's opinion. But you're in the NFL. You take the game serious enough, and like you always say, Carthies and Choir Boys. That's true. I mean, That's you, know, point. you need those guys that are just, hey, they're taking they're, they're fun. Where, to the outside, it's, hey, it's lackadaisical. But also, we heard all in the offseason, the Mac Hollins mile. Right, right. Where this guy, he's just doing this to be shape. He, he does. It's, yeah. it's that seriousness. But like as we always hear everyone said in the offseason as well, this playbook, it's hard to learn.
1: Yeah. Josh yep.
3: McDaniels would say that as well. What's the good of calling an audible if everyone on the field doesn't know it? So I guess we can't fault every player if the guy behind him doesn't know as much as he knows about the playbook. That's
1: a good point. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. That was uh, my man, DeMond, dropping some knowledge right there, dropping some gems uh, from Matt Collins. But we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Uh, we got Shields up in Denver? Well, no, we got Stove. Just kidding. Stove in Denver. What's on your mind, Stove? How you doing, Q? Chilling, man. I'm blessed. How are you? I am great, thank you. So I got, I got a lot of Raider
4: thoughts going through my head, but I want to start off, I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but how many of the seven AFC quarterbacks in the playoffs were drafted in the first
1: round? Um, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, seven. I know, I only the got only two.
4: Thing, all right, I, we got seven. Right. The, only, the only thing is, two, two is not going to play maybe, so right. maybe that's the thing. But if you look at the NFC... There are six of the seven starting quarterbacks who were not drafted in the first round. Now, my point. My point in saying that is is not not to come up with some crazy formula here, but (laughs) the bottom line is you've got to get a quarterback that works for you. It's as simple as that. And and I I know you don't want to go down the Derek Carr road here, and I I, I won't take. I won't take you there. Derek Carr had every opportunity to make himself. Solidified as the Raider quarterback in, in Josh McDaniels' system, it didn't work. So they're moving on. He made hundreds of millions of dollars with the Raiders, and and they, he had every. They brought in Devontae Adams, and unfortunately, Renfro and and Darren Waller got hurt. But he did not show that he was going to be the guy. So what are they going to do now? They're going to get the quarterback, hopefully that they believe is right for their system. Now it's it's pretty easy to look at the history and say Tom Brady would work for McDaniels, Jimmy G would work for McDaniels, maybe Stidham would work for McDaniels. But the bottom line is, Josh McDaniels knows the clock is ticking on him. He's got to go with the guy that he believes can win, and it's not Derek Carr. So whether whether we take a guy in the first round or, or, t- or, or sign a guy uh, uh, you know, as a free agent, he's got to get a guy that he believes can win. And I think ultimately... Brady is the starter and Stidham is the backup. Feels like a pretty good formula for, for what Josh McDaniels can take a, 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 a shot at for the next couple years. And I'll just say one more thing about, about the quarterback. I would love it if, if Carter was there at seven. He seems to be a huh, beast yep. that would be in the middle of the lineup. But I, I, I'm kind of getting a vibe that there may be a quarterback sitting there at seven. And I don't know if it's Stroud. I don't know if if the Alabama quarterback slips. But if the quarterback is there at seven, the move is trade that pick and load up on more draft stock because somebody's going to want to take a risk on that quarterback. And that's what, what winning teams have done. Miami traded for a bunch of number ones. They traded down. And so did Philly. And they're both in the playoffs. So I hope a quarterback is there at seven. I hope we don't take him. And let's load up this roster. Last thing is you say, who do you want to bring back from the free agent group? I mean, that's a hard one being on the outside looking in. But I love the way Harmon plays, and I love the way Perryman plays. And if those are two guys that you can bring back and still be able to build a defense with other other pieces, those don't feel like bad guys to have in your locker room.
1: Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the car conversation. I, I don't it, – it's hard to all of a sudden veer, you know, kind of veer off and have that conversation when there was no conversation about him to begin with, right? I mean, so it almost sounded like, you know, you were disagreeing with us, but we weren't talking about him. So uh, as far as, you know, your, your points, yeah, I mean, he, he had nine years, right? So there was no there was no disagreement on that. Uh, if the organization felt like it was time to move on, then they feel like it's time to move on, and I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Whatever the case is, if they decided that they, they want to keep them around, fine. That's, I mean, that's their call. But you're right about the you know the, the clock is ticking. These coaches in the league don't have forever. That's the one thing that, that we've said a bunch of times. I know I've said a bunch of times, two, three years max. If the results aren't there, these guys are out, right? I mean, that's, it, that's just it. So they've got to figure out what works for them and what works for them fast. If it doesn't work, then they're, they're in trouble. It's that simple.
3: Yeah, and also when he was making his initial point about the AFC quarterbacks, I thought he was going to say this is the proof that the Raiders need to get a first-round quarterback. But it is something that goes to show in the AFC as opposed to the NFC that the reason what I took away from that, in the AFC, the quarterbacks are loaded. Mm-hmm. You need a good quarterback or at it's least, true. you know, the the days of the, you know, the 2001 Ravens, the 86 Bears, no defense like that can stand up in today's NFL. Like that dominant defense, even the 49ers. Look, Jared Stidham had a career game against them. Right. Where, I mean, just day, for 17 games a season and playoffs, your defense isn't going to hold every team to under 20 points.
1: Right. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's a really good point. But, uh, you know, the the fact is every team's got to find what quarterback to his point what works for them? I, I agree with that uh, 100%. Uh, got one text. Uh, I agree 100% with this guy. Carr had his chance. Uh, I don't think anyone disagree with that. Jason in Maryland said Carr's gone. What is this caller talking about? I really need for someone to tell me why Brady would choose the Raiders over the Bucs. Y'all mean to tell me he's willing to fight Mahomes and Herberts just to make the playoffs? I don't think so. And we've gone over this a couple times. Uh, I don't know what he's willing to do. I don't think that any of us could be in position to say what Brady would want to do and what they wouldn't want to do. I know me as a competitor. I want to go up against the best all the time because I think I'm right up there with him. Straight up. That's not me being cocky, it's just me being confident, right? And I think that every athlete wants to go up against the best. You know, but that's just me. I don't know what Brady's intentions would be. And I don't know if he's even going to think about coming to the Raiders. I don't I don't even know if the Raiders are going to make a call for him. We're just talking when 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 Brady's name comes up, it's because it's the obvious connection. That's it. And that's the, that's the report that's out there is that the Raiders are interested in. And when guys like Albert Breer and Vinny and Vic and Tashawn start talking about, the Raiders are talking about Tom Brady or, or looking into Tom Brady, they're not just making that stuff up, right? I'm not out here breaking news. I've never been a guy that's tried to break news, don't want to break news. I don't have a guy that comes on the show and says, Sources told me this. Never have done it, never will, because I don't care. I don't have to be first. All I want to be is correct. That's it. First don't matter. Correct is what matters. So it's not, it's not something that we're trying to manufacture. I believe, just my gut feeling when it comes to the situation with the quarterback, which again, we weren't talking about. It just was brought up. I think that they're going to go out and get a veteran because it makes sense. They want to try to win right now because they have to. And I don't think Devontae Adams wants to catch passes from a rookie. I don't. And I think that they're going to consult with him and say, hey, this is what we're thinking about. What do you think? You have to, as good as Devontae Adams was this year, 100 catches, over 1,500 yards, the dude didn't even, you didn't even see the maximum Devontae Adams, because there was games where, how many games did he have a couple catches and only a few yards? I mean, there was games that he wasn't even maximized. So I think that you have a very good wide receiver, one that you would consider the best in the league, at least the top two, top three, right? You have to you have to make sure that that guy is happy. He's not going to want to catch the passes from. I don't care if it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, right? I mean, just put it out there. He wants to catch passes from someone that is a stud, someone who he has belief and confidence in, and that was what he had in Derek Carr. He had confidence in Carr. That was, and he put out an Instagram post just the other day. No regrets for coming here. He just put that out. What yesterday? Mm-hmm. I don't even have Instagram. And I know. It. <laughs> Got retweeted into my my timeline. But no, I mean, that's the thing. You have to, and we've talked about it on the show. You've got to to talk to Devontae about the direction that you're going to go. I think he's earned that at the very end of the day. Everything else, whatever the organization ends up doing, whenever they end up doing it, is what they end up doing. It's not my call. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Raider Tone. Raider Tone. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
5: Hey, how you doing, brother? Hey, oh, no, one other quick DC question. When, have been uh, I'll give you my five guys I want to keep. Uh, when do we officially? When do you officially, Derek? And I'm not hating, on I mean it's, it's it's water in the bridge now. But when do you think he's actually gonna physically come out, and you guys gonna have a presser? Um, and and have you guys try? Have you guys all tried to to get at him? And um, I know that you guys he was hard to get during the locker room during the season a little bit. But when do you think he's officially gonna do that? And in my five. I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm not gonna re-sign Foster. I'm gonna go with the kid Horstead. Okay. Um. Uh, I'm of course. Uh. Josh Jacobs. I like Tillery, but yeah. I, I just can't. You can't get rid of that excuse he did, and when he when he knocked the ball down, man. That that's that's just unacceptable. Um. I guess you gotta go. <laughs> that's all I can really lock in a three. There's a bunch of guys, but I I'm. It just. There don't need to be five. It's,
3: it's your list. You can, yeah. 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 It don't
1: have to be yeah. five. If you only like come five. out three, you got three.
5: <laughs> They they chased 25 guys from last year's roster, so I, I mean right. I'll have to look at it more. And then lastly, um, can we package the seventh pick and I think we got the thirty ninth pick in the second round and somehow get that kid from the ATL, the the, uh, the Georgia Bulldog. Him and Zamir could kick it, man. They're homies, man. They probably, they got a tube where they could show off the rings when they come in, and that, the natties they got. <laughs> Is that doable, man? But anyway, give me that D- D.C. question. i just kind of, I'm not hating. I'm just curious when it be, I think he's got to come out, and there's a lot of people that do like him, and I'm not saying I'm in the middle somewhere, but when's he going to have that pressure, man? Because I think that's, it's long overdue. Maybe, maybe when the official season ends after the Super Bowl or something. But I enjoy what you guys do. I'll be locked in all summer, all season, all off season long, guys.
1: All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know when anything's going to become official with Derek Carr. And at that point, somebody will come out and have a presser. I doubt it'll be Derek. I'm sure it'll be, you know, maybe the the front office, maybe Dave Ziegler, uh, maybe Josh McDaniels, maybe a combination of the both. I don't know. I have no idea. That's something that I'm not. You know, like checking Twitter every couple seconds to see if there's any updated news. I mean, it's just it's going to happen when it happens. And and that's really all I really know. Uh,
3: The best bet would be you would get a press conference when the new guy gets announced.
1: Right, exactly. Because
3: I don't know too many teams that, hey, we're trading so-and-so and and we're just going to have a press conference or or we're releasing so-and-so. Right. And we're going to have a big press conference about that because that's a very somber note.
1: I mean... It's business. It's it's the NFL. Everything keeps moving, right? I, I don't know if it's even a press conference about. I don't know what I don't know what the presser will be about. I don't know what the. No, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. will just wait until they bring in the new guy. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we'll we'll see exactly how it all shakes out. A Couple more quick texts. We'll take a break. If Devontae is good with Stidham, then it'll be Stidham. I think he's likes a quarterback that extends plays. If Ziggy McDaniel's brings in Brady, I'm sure Devontae will be okay with that too. Uh, and that's the thing. And that's all I've been trying to say. I'm not saying Brady's going to choose the Raiders. There's a good chance that he'll look at the Raiders and say, Oh, no, you got way too many holes. Not going to do that. I'm not saying he's going to choose the Raiders. I'm just saying that the connections are out there. That is it. That is it. Jason of Maryland hits back. I got that cue, but it takes two people to come to agreement. I agree. I'm not saying Brady is choosing the Raiders. I'm just saying that the name is out there. That's it. The Raiders can want Brady all they want, but he has to want that also. Again, I agree. All these Brady reports sound like Laker fans talking about trading for Ja, Harden, and Embiid. And and I'm a Laker fan. Raiders ain't getting anybody because they want them, LOL. That's what I'm referring to. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying, Jason. Everything you're saying, I agree with. That Raiders can't have just whatever they want. It's not TI, right? You can have whatever you like. They're not saying that. I'm not saying that. DeMond's not saying that. We're just putting the obvious names together as they've been put out there. That is it. We didn't write the reports. We're just delivering them to you. That is it. Nothing more, nothing less. Jimmy G's name's out there. Brady's name's out there. Roger's name's out there. I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't know what's going to happen. I just think they're going to bring in a veteran. That's my gut feeling. 3.37 is the time. We'll come back, here from Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room from Saturday. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
4: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Getting back to the subject to be threw out there, 26 unrestricted free agents the Raiders have. Went over the list a little while ago. If you missed it, we'll go over it around 415 again. So we continue to throw the question out there. Who do you want to bring back? Out of the guys that are available, 26 of them, who are priorities? I prioritize Josh Jacobs. I think that's a no-brainer. I prioritized Jared Stidham as a backup, no-brainer. Jakob Johnson, because of what he was able to do, helping with Josh Jacobs. Deron Harmon, big-time leader, I think, on the defense. And Mac Hollins for special teams and what he was able to do and how he kind of elevated himself from a role that he wasn't expected to play. Wasn't expected to be the number two wide receiver at some point in the season. And he ultimately was. So I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Don'tbeBroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Got a, lot of, got a lot of text about Brady. I'll go ahead and let those slide. Uh, this one's from Sir Whiskey Ray. He says, uh, happy Tuesday, gentlemen. I want linebacker Perriman to come back. His leadership skills are hard to replace. As we all know, good quality linebackers are hard to find. We need to re-sign Perryman. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray, and I would agree with that 100%, but, man, those injuries are starting to pile up. Right. I mean, it's just it's almost one of those where you anticipate he's going to miss a couple games a season. And unfortunately for Denzel, uh, even coming off a of Pro Bowl season, that was the that was his that was his hang up with his career before he even got to the Raiders was a lot of times he was injured. And I mean, he's out there playing hard. He's playing physical. He is a dude when he's out there on the field. I just think that the Raiders need. They could bring him back. They sure could bring him back. I know that he's a free agent. And he's going to be looking for a contract extension. Been looking for one for a while now. They could definitely bring him back. I just don't know what extent they would bring him back because I wouldn't want them just to bring him back and say, okay, our linebacking core is set, right? I, I mean, Luke Masterson, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a lot of growing to do, and he might not even be playing the right position right now, right? He might, he might need to slide out. I mean, he's in the middle linebacker spot. He might need to slide outside, right? So... Um, You know, And Darian Butler, we haven't seen enough of him. We saw a lot of him on special teams. Uh, He ended the season with a concussion, so we didn't get to see him. So I just think that they need to get an alpha. I mean, a true, like what we saw today when Baltimore re-signed Roquan Smith. That is a true alpha dog right there. They need to have that guy, and they haven't had that guy at the linebacker position for a, a long time. A guy who can not only make the tackles, not only be physical, but also he can drop back in coverage and make plays. And Denzel, to his credit, had a couple of interceptions this season, so I gotta give him a lot of credit for that. Being able to drop back and be in position and know where he's supposed to be uh, and make those plays. So I definitely give him credit for that. I'm just those injuries are starting to starting to pile up. Uh again, we got another text from the seven oh seven, Jacobs and then Perryman, Harmon, and Tillery for all 3D levels, and, and all 3D levels definitely need to be addressed. Uh, I was kind of on the fence with Tillery. You know, I kind of like what I saw from moments. He's not very good against the run. Uh, he's a good pass rusher, you know, helps helps collapse the pocket from the defensive tackle position, but then you're going to get a couple boneheaded uh, plays that he's going to make here and there. Uh, Vegas Pete said, add Johnson and Perriman and maybe Klee because he's versatile. Uh, so that's from Vegas Pete. We definitely appreciate that. And then he also hit us with a text and said, uh, I'd like to reply to one of your texters. i lived in Las Vegas since 94. It's a fantastic city to live in. No income tax. The city has always reinvented itself. Always looking to the future. Very business friendly and many fun things to do. Players will play for whoever coach is. Kennedy says most important. We are in the NFL spotlight now with the Pro Bowl draft Super Bowl. Players see that and it sells our city to them. And when they see our facilities, we're a huge draw now. Paul's right on the money. That's from Vegas Pete as well. And DeMond flexed his muscles when uh, when, when I started talking about Las Vegas, because you're a very proud Las Vegas member from by way of Pahrump.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's no need to take that shot there. I mean, hey, we're we're
1: part of the Valley. No, no, Pahrump. I'm going to, because yesterday, or no, today, Just earlier today, today in the hallway, he was talking about the hometown hero, uh, DeMond Cotton from Pahrump. And then you turned it into what? Uh, the living legend, DeBron? Local legend. Local, excuse me, local legend.
3: Danny Smythe, who also works here. You know, you can catch him out on the press box from time to time. He's the local sports writer He ran for the, the morning PB tailgate Times. this morning, matter of fact. Oh, he ran the morning tailgate yeah. this morning. Yeah. He's the local sports writer as well for the PV Times. He's a busy man. <laughs> and I've been trying to pitch him on writing a story about me. You know, a nice feature. It'd be a very short story. Yo, he, I don't care. <laughs> he said, I can give you 400 words. All I need is 100, brother. And we can start with local legend makes good.
1: Unbelievable. Then, local yeah. local legend. That's funny. I was actually talking to uh, my boss, Natalie, who's fantastic. And Natalie's heard you say that and said, yeah, Q, let's go to my office. <laughs> this is too much for her, too. That was too much. She was entertained at first. And then she was like, okay, this is getting way too He's thick. He's serious. Yeah, no, I am serious. I was, I was getting way too thick around here with local legend made good or Hometown Hero has made good. 702-365-9200. We'll hear from Darren Waller in a hot minute, but let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Who do we got, Legend? Kalani in Vegas. <laughs> What's up, Kalani? Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, thank you very much, man. I, I know I'm in the minority here with this opinion. I don't know if Josh Jacobs should be our first priority and bring him back. He had a great year. Okay. But I'm a, I'm a little weary of guys who their best year was in their contract year. Now, he's been good, mm-hmm. but this was the first year, I believe, he played every game of the season Injuries weren't necessarily a big issue for him, where that has been an issue in the past. It normally felt his first couple years, we were kind of pushing for him to get to the Pro Bowl. Hey, don't look what, look what Jacobs is doing. Maybe we're not doing good, but look what Jacobs is doing. This year, it kind of felt like, oh, wow, this is the Jacobs we've been waiting for for about three, four years great guy i really hope he, i would really wish him well i don't know q there's something about guys who when your best year is a contract year especially in a position where we see year after year three four different guys whether they're rookies or just young guys popping up for teams out of nowhere i don't know if he, we want to make him my priority when we have so many other options as far as hey we got to fix this fix that love to have him back i just don't know if i make him my priority
1: no, that's not. Hey, you know what? You're not wrong. I mean, that's and that's something that I've talked about, and I just kind of let that whole conversation go because I want to see Jacobs comes back, and I think that it's, it's important for them to bring him back for multiple reasons. But, no, you're not wrong. I mean, we talk about that all the time, about the fact that guys always play better in career years, and then they get their contract, and then who knows what's going to happen. And, look, I mean, I don't know if the Raiders have picked up his fifth-year option. I don't know if he plays all, all 17 games. I don't know cuz we hadn't seen it but I do know what he brought to the to the to the Raiders this year and really why I kind of put that to the converse, to the side and said hey he's a priority to bring back because I just feel like he means more to the team than just even what he did on the field. I mean, he literally was the heart and soul of the organization. I mean, he was the the guy. He was the one Max Crosby talked about on Saturday. I know we didn't play uh, that audio from the locker room uh, following the game. But he, he said, you know, I asked him, how important is it that Josh Jacobs returns next year? And he said, and matter, matter of fact, we'll, we'll play it later on the show. But he, he said straight up, very important. I didn't even know the dude was going to be here today. You know, because everything going on with his dad. And all of a sudden, I seen him walking by in the locker room. I'm like, okay, Josh is here. Great. You know, I mean, just that he's that kind of dude that will give everything for the team. So I think he just means so much to the team that you kind of got to bring him back.
3: Yeah, because we always hear it, Max Crosby said it yesterday. Hey, it's a business. It's a business. But some guys, I've mentioned this before, you've got to keep, as you said, because what they represent. If mm-hmm. you just let everybody go and just say, hey, it's a business. Well, then those are the things where people say, who would want to come to Vegas? Right. Who wants to play for Josh McDaniels? Right. If you look at it, people having a Then Jason
1: will be right. <laughs> yeah. People, <laughs> hey, uh-huh. that guy had a career year. Another right. guy had a career year. And they keep saying
3: it's just business. Right Then, then that would make players skeptical of do they want to come to Vegas. You have a career year, and they just let everyone who has a career year and mean so much to the franchise walk.
1: Plus, let's put it like this, man. He has had three out of four seasons over a, over a hundred or over a thousand yards. Yeah,
3: Kalani was a little harsh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he had one season so far in his career where he was under a thousand yards rushing. So, I mean, his rookie year eleven hundred fifty, his second year uh, ten sixty five, the twenty twenty one season, of course, eight hundred seventy two. Uh, that's in fifteen games, and then this year uh, sixteen fifty three. So, basically, almost doubled what he did. But what he I, he's done consistently, I could say, rookie year. Four point eight yards per carry. Second year, three point nine. So just about four yards. Twenty twenty one, four yards per carry. This year, four point nine. So he's always been around the four, four and a half, five yard per carry. I mean, he's been consistently that guy. So I think. And oh, by the way, forty career touchdowns. That's not too bad, man. That's averaging ten touchdowns a season. So uh, I think that I think that that's a no brainer that you bring back. Uh, Josh Jacobs just because he means so much to the team. But I understand your point about the contract year and how players react to contract years. Let's go ahead and you want to get to Darren Waller real quick or do you want to take one more call?
3: Let's take one call because he's calling from such a far distance. Raider Rock and Seoul, Korea.
1: All right, Raider Rock, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? <laughs> um,
7: yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, your full list that I just had um, Foster Moreau. Okay. Um, I think you know, even though he's had a couple of drops um, in in big situations, he's come through. And I, I think Darren Waller, you know, I, I know he may be coming on, but you know, he he wasn't his best in terms of uh, staying healthy. And I think in this offense, you need someone you know at tight end who can play. And Foster having a year under and having the experience of. Of you know making some big catches uh, when we played well, you know and I think that will be helpful. And he's still young. I think he's he's probably going to be coachable. So I would add him to your list, and definitely, you know I uh, jo- I think uh, Josh Jacobs has to be a priority because otherwise who on offense will ha- you know will carry in the continuity aspect? I mean, yeah. as you you guys just mentioned, you know Devonte Adams is going to be the the dog, but you know, he's just gotten here, and he doesn't have that continuity, you know, uh, of the team. So, you know, with Derek Carr being basically, you know, everyone's expecting him to be gone, someone has to carry that mantle as well. So uh, that's it. Thank you, guys.
1: All right, great stuff, man. It's great to hear from you from Seoul, Korea, Raider Rock right there. And uh, Foster. Foster's going to be one that they definitely have to make a decision on. He had moments where he was really good. He had moments where it was like, what the hell just happened, right? Get on the jugs machine, Foster. And that's not my words, his. He said that. He told Vinny he needs to get on the damn drugs machine. He let too many balls get through his hands. So that's going to be a, a decision that the team has to make. But I know that as far as in that locker room, he is love. Speaking of the locker room, the guy that's right next to him in that locker room is Darren Waller. We had a, a chance on on Saturday following the game with Kansas City to catch up with Waller. Here's that conversation.
0: Darren, obviously you guys came into the season with big expectations and I'm sure you didn't go how you guys wanted it to. How do you sort of move together collectively as a, as a roster into this offseason? Um... I mean, I feel like it starts from a standpoint of we may have failed to reach our objective, but uh, there's no reason for people to look at themselves as failures, like players, coaches, anybody that's been a part of the process. Uh, It's about uh, doing things better, uh, executing better down the stretch uh, when we really need it the most, and looking uh, and being raw and honest about how we need to do that. So uh, that's the process that needs to be taken uh, going into the offseason, you know, more so about what needs to be done as opposed to like pointing the finger at certain people. You're talking to Josh um, Jacobs, you know, just in terms of him playing in this game, you know, what does that mean to this locker room to have a guy like
4: him come back and play in a game that, you know, for the end of the day, it doesn't really matter
0: on scoreboard was. Uh, I mean, that is like, one of the toughest people I've ever been around uh, from 2019 till now. Uh, some of the stuff that he's fought through uh, adversity that he's overcome to just play and show up for the team and get what he's got. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a constant from him, and guys uh, respect that uh, on a very deep level. Was this your most uh, disappointing season going? You had, had team with the hamstring and never got better toward, toward the end of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there was a portion of the season that was very uh, disappointing. But uh, I mean, what you do with life is you handle the cards you've been dealt and uh, look at the situation where I had four or five games, left to come back and give everything I had to the team. I felt like I was able to do that. Um, you know, just string together days, of just being reliable for the team, uh, whenever they they wanted to ask something from me, whether there's a play to be made or anything like that. Uh, and I feel like that's all you can do. Darren, obviously, there's always you know, uncertainty going into the off season, but you know, this year, I mean, you guys have a big question—the quarterback and some other positions on the roster. Does it change as a, as a player, kind of almost being in wait and see mode to see what the team decides to do moving forward? Uh, yeah, uh, you see. Yeah, you see. Uh, you trust um, what the. You know front office people coaches and everything decision-making that they're going forward with uh, there's got to be a, tr- a common trust level that they're gonna make the decisions that are best for the team and know that uh, we're gonna have uh, a unit in a group that's uh, ready to compete and ready to uh, you know not only meet the standards that we set for ourselves but to exceed them going forward. Darren what's the biggest lesson you're taking from this season specifically? Um, from this season uh, I would say it's really about, yeah, it's really about that execution in clutch moments um, is what's needed. Uh, it's what separates teams, like, I mean, the whole season you look at a team like the the Vikings that I keep, my mind keeps going back there, it's like that they have just as many games as us that have gone down to, or come down to those crazy endings, one-score games, and they found ways to pull it out, so that's what it is for us, it's not really these big gaping holes in how we approach or how we prepare or the talent level on our team, it's really small, finite details that uh, we need to correct, and like we need to fix, in order to you know be on the other side of those close games. Do you think uh, Jared made a case to be you know considered for a long term option? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I feel like you know with the opportunities that he got, he made things happen. Uh, he approached it with confidence. He was prepared, uh, and he was uh, just an uplifting presence, a uh, very confident presence in the huddle. So uh, I feel like he definitely deserves a shot.
1: There's Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room on Saturday following the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs as the season got wrapped up. Uh, Plenty of locker room sound to get to from both Saturday and on Monday. It was a blessing to have that opportunity. It's an even bigger blessing to be able to bring it to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming up next, speaking of blessings, Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He's in the booth with Jason Horowitz. We'll talk about the season finale, and we'll talk about the season as a whole, what he saw from a bird's eye view. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.